Our sermon passage today is 2 Chronicles chapter 20, and we'll read verse 15, although we'll reference many other verses. But I do want you to uh, notice for a second in your bulletin, under the sermon title, uh, that there's actually a misprint there. It says the Bible is not yours. Now, that'd be a whole nother sermon, and I'd love to hear that sermon, you know, what that would be about uh, if, if someone preached that. But this is actually the battle is not yours, so uh, we're, we're going in a different direction. Spell, spell check is a good thing, but it, you know, it sometimes makes you have another correct word uh, rather than the word you wanted. So, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 15. Would you stand, please? Listen, all you of Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid, nor dismayed, because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today, and we pray that we would understand that you have a purpose and a plan for us in our lives, and that not only includes those fun times and those Easy and things going our way at times, but it includes the battlegrounds of life. And we all face them. And so, Father, we pray that you would help us to look to you in each and every situation. Lord, that we might obey you, that we might receive your instruction and follow it faithfully. Father, that your name might be blessed and glorified and that our lives might receive your blessings of obedience. And God, we pray and we ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You may be seated. So I was reading, um, we're not in a sermon series, we're not doing a book or a certain topic. Uh, we finished our, our work on Joseph a while back, and uh, sometime this fall I'm going to start a series uh, on the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount. But in the meantime, uh, just whatever books and Bible studies I read, as, as God speaks to me, um, and I catch something, and I feel like, hey, that's, that sounds like something that, that God is working there. He's, he's wanting us to know a little more. And so I, I've been doing a, uh, a reading through the Bible, you know, that Bible app, and Mott invited me to join along in this read-through every month thing, and, and I was reading along, and Second Chronicles is tough, man. I'm, I'm going to tell you, about the first ten chapters of it, I, I had to put it on that uh, Bible app, read to me kind of thing, so I could just kind of listen to it as it talked about who begat who and all this. And, but after a while, it started getting into some really interesting stories uh, of the different kings and came across this one about Jehoshaphat. Now, that's pretty fun just because I like his name. You know, that's just fun, a fun name to say, Jehoshaphat. And so I start reading about Jehoshaphat, and I come across uh, this, this verse that we read. 
and I was brought back in time uh, to when I was in junior high, the one and only time in school that I was ever asked to sing a solo. Uh, I, I, I love to sing, but I just, like last night, my family, uh, we sat around the piano, Denise played, all five of us, and I'm kind of there. They're great at music. I'm just kind of there, but uh, you know, I, I, I love it. You understand when you like something, but you know you're not good at it, but you, you still like it. But somehow, for some reason, when I was going to this uh, Christian school, it was 7th or 8th grade, and I got asked to sing this one part, and um, I won't sing it to you because I love you, okay? But um, I, I'll just tell you that I remember, I've never forgotten the lyrics. In my head, I'm singing it, but the, the lyrics were, Don't be afraid, don't be afraid, for the battle is not yours, but it's God. And I had to repeat that twice, and then the rest of the choir took it away. But those words have stuck with me ever since then. And so when I was doing my devotional reading and I, and I came to read this, I was like, wow. Because back then when I learned those words, that was great and encouraging. But I didn't really know the story behind it. I didn't really know the context and, and what it meant. So that's what I want us to talk about today is, is what is this whole idea about the battle is not yours, but it's God's. I mean, I think we could certainly take that and run with it, and we could apply it in all sorts of ways that, that may not actually be good. You know, our, some of our students might come to that, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> that stressful time of the year where state testing's done, and they may sit down and say, ooh, this battle ain't mine. I'm setting my pencil down. This is yours, God. This is yours. Fill in those blanks. Circle those circles for me. But I don't think that's what the Lord wants us to, to get here, uh, at least not in those kind of situations. So, so what's this all about? Well, Jehoshaphat began this, this chapter. By the way, he was one of the good kings. This is in the time period after uh, Saul and David and Solomon. During those three kings, the country was all together. Israel was one country. But after Solomon went off the scene, his son, who reigned after him, made everybody mad and because uh, he wouldn't listen to some older folks who were his father's advisors who said, hey, lighten up just a little bit and everything will be okay. But his friends, his running buddies said, hey, you need to tell them that your pinky is thicker than your daddy's whole waist. That if, if, if he was hard, you're going to be double hard. And you just show them how tough you're going to be. And they said, okay, you can be tough all by yourself. And so the northern tribes left him. The nation split. And so up north, that became called Israel. And the southern kingdom became called became became known as Judah. And so we're talking about this southern kingdom of Judah here. And they were the ones that actually had a few good kings. The Bible never tells us the northern kingdom had any good kings. And um, the, one of the reasons was they didn't have Jerusalem, so they didn't have the temple. So they started trying to make up other places to worship and other ways to worship because they didn't want their people attached to Judah and going down there and worshiping. So they all were going astray after other gods. And, and, and uh, so Judah had some bad kings, but some good kings. So if you ever try to remember the difference between the northern and southern kingdoms, who, what were the good ones? Well, see, I went to a Bible college, to a William Carey. We're in the south, and my teacher said, okay, you just remember the southerners are the good guys. Okay, so that's how I remember it. I imagine in Bible colleges up north, they teach that a little different, okay? But... 
So we remember the, the southern kingdom of Judah. They're the ones that are they're still pretty good, at least some of them. And Jehoshaphat was one of those good guys in the Bible. He didn't do everything perfectly, the Bible says. There were some things. He didn't completely stamp out all the false worship, but he really tried to follow God's instructions. He really tried to do the things um, that he should do. And so this chapter starts, and he is scared. He is terrified. And the reason is, not one, not two, but three different nations have decided to gang up and attack Judah. And remember, they're not strong and powerful anymore like they were back in David's day or Solomon's day. This was a divided kingdom. They'd been weakened by a lot of war and a lot of discord. And, and they said, what are we going to do? I mean, maybe we could fight the Ammonites. Maybe, maybe we could fight... You know, the Edomites and these other, but all three of these places coming together against us, what in the world are we going to do? So the Bible tells us that he goes along and, and he first proclaims a fast. He said, our whole country, we got to understand how serious this deal is. So he proclaims a fast for the whole nation. And then they all come together and he starts praying to the Lord and he says, God, this is what these countries are doing. It says, by the way, God, these happen to be the countries that, you remember when you brought us into the promised land and, and you told us to drive out certain people because, because they were wicked and you wanted us to take this, this was our promised land. But these folks down here that are attacking us, these three groups of people, I want you to remember, God, that they're actually the groups of people you told us not to attack. When we went up through, you wouldn't let us go through their land. You wouldn't let us attack them. You said, leave those people alone. And we left them alone, just like you told us to. He says, and God, guess what they're doing to reward that kindness now? <laughs> they're coming up. We didn't attack them, but they've decided they're going to take us over. In other words, Jehoshaphat wasn't afraid to say, God, I'm in a mess right now. And actually, God, I'm, we're, as a country, we're in a mess because we did exactly what you told us to do. We could have conquered those people. And you told us to leave them alone, and we left them alone because you said so. And now they're coming after us. In other words, God, I'm calling upon you. We served you faithfully, at least in that part. We did what you, you called us to do. We served you, and now we're dealing with the trouble because of being faithful to you at that point. And so they listen, and the Spirit of God comes upon a, a man named Jehaziel, and he, uh, he says, hey, guess what? You guys don't have to be worried. You guys don't have to be dismayed. You don't have to be afraid because this battle is not yours, but it's God's. Now, I want you to tell you, God did not have this response every time in the Old Testament someone came to him and said, Oh, God, we're about to get destroyed. What are we going to do? He didn't say this every time. But they did the right thing by going to God. They said they looked out. And this is what you and I should do. When we have a problem coming up against us that we know we cannot handle, we need to say, God, I don't know what to do. 
We need to be honest. We need to humble ourselves. God, I need your help. And there were some other times that God did different things. And, and God, you know, like around Jericho, he said, go walk around those walls. And, and there was other times, like when, when he told the Israelites, um, you go down there and, and, and let these guys drink water. And let's see how many of them drink water a certain way. And we'll get rid of these and keep the other. You know, God, God did some funny things, some interesting things with his instructions. But often, they went to God, and they got guidance, and God said, here's how you're going to fight this battle, okay? And, and so many times in life, when you've got a battle, you need to go to the Lord, and, and you need to listen, and when he says, this is how I want you to fight that battle, then you need to go fight that battle exactly how he told you. He, God never said, I'm going to fight all your battles for you, Okay? Many times he's going to say, you're going to fight them, but I'll be with you. So that's the promise of Scripture. Not that you won't have battles, not that you won't have, have to fight. His promise is, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You're never alone in your battles. You're never alone in the valley of the shadow of death. You're never alone in your fears and in your troubles. I'm with you. But here God does something different. Here God basically says, you're right. There's no way that you, can, <laughs> that you can defeat these three armies. But that's all good. It's okay because this isn't your battle. This is my battle. By the way, some of you might be wondering, well, what if I come to the Lord and, and, and I ask him, God, what am I going to do about this battle? And I'm really seriously listening and I don't hear a response. Well, that's where you just keep on keeping on. If you don't know the next thing God calls you to do, you just do what you for sure know he wants you to do. You keep on loving, you keep on serving, you keep on listening, you use wisdom as God has called you to use wisdom. But in this case, where they were suffering specifically for living godly lives, specifically for doing what God had told them to do, God says, guess what, in this circumstance... You're not going to fight this battle. This battle is mine. This battle is on me. But here's what's interesting about it. He doesn't say, hey, don't worry about the battle and just do nothing. He says, this battle is mine. You don't have to fear. But guess what? I want you to show up. I want you to stand up and be ready to see what the Lord does. And the Bible even tells us that God told them exactly the route that the enemy was going to go. And the scholars tell us this was a, a little used, little known road. So that nobody could have anticipated the army was going to go that way. But God went ahead and said, this is exactly the way the army's going to come. And I want you to just show up right at the edge of where that road comes out and leads. And I want you to see what's going to happen. And God hadn't told him yet what's going to happen. He just said, I got this. But you're going to show up and do what I've called you to do. And what I love is at this point, the Bible tells us that King Jehoshaphat, he bows low. I mean, he gets down, but lowers himself before the Lord. I'd show you exactly how that, that went, but it might take a while for me to get back up. So I won't do that right now. But he, I mean, he laid out on his face. But then the Bible says... So you kind of get this picture of, all oh, this holy, reverent thing. 
And the next thing you know, the Bible says, some other guy jumps up, and they all jump up, and they're shouting to the Lord. And they're like, Woo, God! You're good. You're going to save us. And they start, they go from this real quiet, reverent kind of worship to hallelujah Jesus kind of worship. And they're just constantly praising God. And so this spontaneous worship breaks out. And Jehoshaphat says, this is awesome, but you know what? I'm also going to do some planned worship. And so he assigns some different people who are good at coordinating and singing and conducting. And he plans and he sets them up. And he says, we're going to go down there like the Lord told us to, but we're going to have a worship service on the way. And that's exactly what they do. Israel marches down there. They know they're not fighting. They know that they're not battling. They are completely trusting God because they're going to get slaughtered if God doesn't show up. But God has told them, I am going to show up. I am going to take, fight this battle. And so they're singing and praising God. The whole way down there. They get down there. And then the Bible tells us the little backstory, What God's been doing but he hadn't showed them. It says the Lord set an ambush for them. And the, the ambush when you read it. The ambush was they started fighting among themselves. Because guess what? Three evil ungodly nations just looking about, out for themselves and all being jealous. Guess what? They started getting jealous of each other just like they were jealous of Israel. And a fight broke out among two of the three groups. And one of the groups sat back and said, we'll just see what happens comes out of this. And as soon as those two finished fighting, the others finished fight, started fighting each other. And Israel shows up exactly where God told them to go. And they get there, and all of these thousands upon thousands of soldiers, they're all dead. And they're all there with all of their food, with all of their equipment, with all of their armor, with all of their weapons, with all of the gold they were carrying. Everything they had was just there for the taking. And the Bible says that it took like three or four days for the Israelites to even pick up the plunder of all the things that were left in that valley. In other words, God says, they're going to try to come destroy you and take everything you have. But instead, I'm going to make their act of, of war a blessing to you. And they named, they went, after they collected this, they said, we need to have another prayer meeting. We need to thank God. And they went to the valley of Barak. And, and, and this literally meant blessing. And the Bible says that that name endured, the Valley of Blessing, is what it became known as for year after year after year. Because God took care of them and blessed them uh, in that way. And they, uh, they got back to Jerusalem. And Jehoshaphat said, you know, one more time, we need to praise God. And so they made it back and... Now they were using stringed instruments, and they were using all sorts of a full orchestra, and they started praising God. And the Bible says, closing out that chapter, that the nations around them heard what God did. And a fear came upon them, and a respect and reverence for the Lord and His power and what He was going to do. I would love to tell you this morning that every battle you're going to face, that God's going to say, 
Don't worry. I got this one. This is mine. That, that'd be great, right? God doesn't always do that. He does promise his presence. He does give you guidance. But I think far too often God does this more than we think. I think there's a lot of us out there who are battling battles that aren't even ours. We're fighting wars. We're fighting odds against us. We are so stressed out. We are so strung out because we can't figure out how in the world we're possibly going to win. And the point is, we're not. God said, I'll do it. But because we haven't listened or we haven't trusted what he said, we're still fighting. Unnecessarily, we're stressed, we're worn out. And we're fighting a battle that's not even ours. Now what happens when we listen to God? When he says, hey, I got this one. This is too big for you, but not for me. And we actually listen to him. Well, first of all, our stress and our worry, they go. God's got this. I can't handle it, but God does. God can. And so our stress and our worry, they go out the window. Second of all, God gets praise and honor and glory. A watching world that looks at us and they say, how in the world are you handling this situation? How in the world have you not gone completely nuts with the pressure you're under, with the thing that's coming against you? And you simply say, well, I didn't do anything. It's, it's God's. He's going to handle this. He told me. He's let me know. And the world gives honor and glory to God. And God gets praise not only from us as we rejoice before he ever does it, when he does it, after he does it, we praise and we share his name. God gets the glory from not only us as believers, but even unbelievers as they see our lives. They're forced to stand up and take notice and say, whoa, there's something real about his God. There's something real about the way that family lives and the God they serve. Something's really happening there. And we get to see God show out. And we, need, we get to give him our stress and worry and fear. In exchange, we trust him. And what did John say? John said, this is the victory that overcomes the world faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we sing a song that says, faith is a victory that overcomes the world. We believe and God overcomes. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord, I, I just thank you that you are with us. You never leave us alone. Lord, you, you allow us to take some pretty good blows. Sometimes, Lord, you allow us to go through some pain and some heartache. And God, you know far more than we do about what it takes to cut off, to, to get rid of our rough edges and to make us and to mold us to be more like Jesus. But Lord, I truly believe that there's some of us here today that are unnecessarily 
experiencing pain and heartache because we've chosen to fight battles that aren't even ours. God, I pray that you'd help us to listen. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to trust you. We don't wait until after the battle's over to start praising your name, but Father, we start praising you ahead of time. God, knowing we can trust you, and your word to us is faithful and true. Lord, help us to have faith and trust in your care for us. God, we pray and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.